Hey, this is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Espinosa Jr., my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. As always, it's another week, another guest. It's always fun getting these guests in because, as the recent weeks have shown, they really bring that heat, energy, and passion that we love showcasing on Educated Hustle. I agree, man. And uh, this week's guest uh, is Mr. David Nazario. He is the founder of Scanner of Day Job, LLC. Uh, I think this man that's coming on this week is the definition of an entrepreneur, somebody who's not afraid to start their business, even without the full resources. Uh, like his title says, he's scared of day jobs. So in the interview, he describes how he hasn't really worked full time anywhere because he has his hand in so many different projects. But he's just a, a jack of all trades. He's got his hands in every every uh, facet of his business. And it's a really exciting interview to really dive into. Yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I was I was blown away when he said that he never had a full time job. You know, most entrepreneurs, they had one at one point just as simply they, they had to support themselves. So they want to play like a spy and kind of learn the, the ins and outs of the of the industry that they want to get into before venturing on their own. But this guy off the jump out of college, fresh out, never had a full time job, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it i mean he does a lot of things from being not only a speaker but he's also an author writing his first book now he's also a manager for his artist friend in hip-hop which is you know like like my co-host said just check the tabs off one by one he's got he's got them all yeah and you even forgot to mention something that he mentions a little bit later in uh on the week uh where he is a he wrote a pilot for a sitcom um Starring like a African American father and a mother who's Puerto Rican, um, so he's definitely his main focus is writing. That's his main job. But uh, through all these different facets and means, he's able to create different avenues for himself. So even though in college a lot of people knock the English majors or the people who get you know into the creative writing, I think if you're able to switch it up if you're able to not think inside the box you can definitely create avenues for yourself like you don't really have to be boxed into a certain major or a certain facet of life you can really uh take something that you're passionate about and really make it your career if you're really serious about it you got to take two things from that that whole statement right now. the first one being spoilers alert that's from the extended hustle so yes Mr. David will be joining us for the extended hustle where he will bless us with the answer in case you listen to the interview and be like, hey, he ain't mentioned no TV pilot. Paul lying. He ain't lying. He's just predicting the future. So, <laughs> second thing is you got to love that impassioned speech because my co-host, fun fact, was a journalism major when he started college. So I think a lot of that redemption and strike is probably from, you know, that time when he was that. But I'm, I'm sure he doesn't regret switching over to the business, right? Nah, definitely not, man. I, I was, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I had my my time with writing, and it was fun. I did it in high school, um, and I did it in my first semester of college, and 
it's funny because, you know, when you get into college, you think, you know, at least for me, I'm not somebody who changes my, my mind too often. When I'm set on something, I go do it. But I wrote for the paper. I wrote like three or four articles for our college paper. And it just got to the point where I realized it wasn't my passion. And I definitely wanted to, you know, I definitely was glad that I realized it early so I could just switch over to my real passion, which was business. And even though I switched over from journalism to business, I kept the skills that I learned from journalism. And I definitely don't, you know, regret changing. But at the same time, you know, I'm glad that David could do so much of writing because it just wasn't my thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I feel you, man. I, I think that's important. I mean, people change their major in college all the time all the time i know people that have changed it three times four times so you know you're in a good company because you only change it once so at least you got yeah. the, you got the ship straight listen ucf wasn't try. getting no ucf wasn't getting no more of my money man <laughs> <laughs> so you you can't knock it out but no even i had aspirations of being a, a english major and then they were all shattered in my junior year of high school when i found out that to write a book you just have to write a book and have someone like it so that really became what's the point of being an english major but you know as always, David is showing that you can do so many things with the avenues that are presented to you, regardless of what they shape up to be. I think if you're looking for inspiration to go out and do your own thing and learn a lot of avenues and directions you can go to, this interview is going to help you out a lot because he really gives a lot of tips, a lot of tricks, and a lot of insight on what he does. And he has, like my coach has been saying, he has his hands in a lot, a lot of cookie guards, cookie jars, and he's bringing home the sweets. So after a quick commercial break, please wait and be astounded by Mr. David Nazaro. All right, and today's guest we have here is David Nazario. He's the founder of Scared of a Day Job, LLC. David, how's it going today? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I just want to get the interview started by asking you, you know, what's kind of your background and what made you want to create Scared of a Day Job LLC? So I've been a writer all my life. So ever since I was, I'd say, like years old, actually even before that, probably like six years old, I was always fascinated with words and how they go together and just written language. I would like study my Angelou's poems and I would rewrite her for poems. I would come up with my own poems. And then gradually, as I got older, I would continue to write. I wrote in high school for the school newspaper. I would continue writing poems. I tried my hand at writing one or two raps. I think every black man has written one or two rhymes in their life. <laughs> That's the <laughs> um, guilty too, for sure. Right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it just was always a, a passion for me. And I, I'm, I always say that I'm blessed because it was something that was always made apparent to me from a very young age, like getting awards in middle school and, um, excuse me, in elementary school. And, you know, asking my parents for a typewriter when I was eight years old, that like wasn't the normal gift to ask for in the projects for your eighth birthday. So it was just something that was always um, a part of my life. Um, and then, you know, once I got older and I started to do it, once I got into college and graduated college, I, I would continue to write. And I always wanted to, you know, work for a big magazine. And I and I did some of those things. I worked for music mag magazines and different websites online. But around 28 years old, about six years ago, I decided that I really wanted to, you know, because writing can be something that is kind of on the back burner. Everybody kind of tells you, well, 
you can do that, but you should also look for something else and kind of use that as a plan B. But around six years ago, I decided that it was just going to be a plan A for me and that I was going to go, uh, you know, full throttle, if you will, with being a writer and being a, and doing it full time. So that's kind of where the idea came from. I would say about three years ago, I was listening to a song and he and I heard the line writing for my life because I'm scared of a day job. And I and it kind of just clicked. I was like, that's me. That's, that's me. I'm writing for my life literally because. I'm, I'm scared of a day job. I don't want to work for anybody else. So then I slowly started to put together, you know, the logistical side of it, organizing it, creating an LLC, and really just um, walking that path to be able to, you know, turn it into a full-fledged business that would provide me a full-time income. And that's amazing. I feel left out because I never wrote any rhymes down. I was always top of don't freestyle over here. I feel like I maybe maybe my career would have been longer if I had put pen to paper. So <laughs> even better. But no, that that sounds great, David. And and one of the cool things that you're doing right now is you're actually working on a book, Make Love Your Religion. Tell us what was the thought process that made that book come to come about, and then what is something about that whole writing process creating the book that you kind of learned about yourself doing? Oh, that's a great question. So a few years ago, I've started writing a book actually around, you know, when I first started um, getting started as a writer around six, seven years ago, and the book has went through many phases. It kind of just started out as, you know, this is my take on religion and this is why it sucks. And this is what I have to say about it. But um, as I grew up and as time went on, it, it kind of grew into, grew into something a lot more than that. And it became something where it's really just a narrative about me, somebody that's trying to uh, pursue what they love to do as, as a full-time, um, as a full-time job, as a full-time career and figuring out how to navigate um, the world and do that. So the title of it is make love your religion, how to put love first and succeed at doing what you love. So it's all about, it's really in the subtitle. It's all about how do you put love, love first in every aspect of your life. So every chapter has to do with love, love of self, love of community, love of knowledge, love of money, love of celebrity life, love of God. And then the second part is how to succeed at doing what you love. So fortunately, I've been able to do that. I've never worked a full-time job in my life. I've always done the things that I love to do in order to earn an income. And that's been a writing and speaking and working with young people part-time. So that's really where the idea for the book came from. Okay. And that's, that's real interesting. Um, you know, now a lot of people come out of school to, and, you know, are able to kind of sustain themselves full time. So, or, you know, at least sustain themselves by working, you know, their side hustles or uh, making mm -hmm. their dreams come true. So I kind of want you to take, uh, take me through that process. Like, you know, it's hard to support yourself while being an entrepreneur. Many people, you know, have tried and a lot of people don't, you know, it doesn't work out for them. So, you know, what kind of what kind of steps did you have to take to, to really support yourself full time? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say definitely my education allowed me to pursue this journey. Because if I didn't have my bachelor's degree, I wouldn't be have been able to work as an educator throughout this time. So I say educator because I've done a number of different things. I've um, done admissions recruiting at two different colleges, a tutor, um, a college advisor, and then I also teach for the same uh, for a summer program. So my education has allowed me to be able to like take those slow steps. And um, this year I'm only working one day a week at the high school, whereas last year I was working two two days a week. So it's like been a gradual um, a progression for me to be able to 
work fully for myself. So I think being patient and being disciplined and, and working hard and, and yeah, I would say being patient, being disciplined and working hard has allowed me to kind of create this, this life where I've been able to do that. I mean, he's giving you the keys to the car, gentlemen. You all you gotta do is, you know, you know, take it for a spin. So I think the cool thing about you, the amazing thing, is like you said, you never worked a full time job once. And there's a lot of people who they want to live that that entrepreneurial lifestyle of um going and taking advantage of their own day, being their own boss. Could you kind of tell us, like, just what are some, what are a few, a few hints, tips, and tricks that you can kind of give to our audience to let them know what you kind of did. When times are rough and it looked like, you know, I might have to consider actually going back to the to workforce. Right. I think one of the biggest things that I do is I figure out ways to make sure that I'm happy with within this journey, within everything that I'm doing. And a lot of times for me, that's making sure that I and I talk about this in a book, making sure that I wake up you know, the right way that when I wake up in the morning that I take time to, to do some yoga, to meditate, to write in my gratitude journal, because that really sets the tone for my day. So definitely keep in that relationship with a higher power. And for me, that comes through yoga and meditation. So that's that's definitely the major thing for me. And also just realizing that there's not really, that I'm blessed, that I'm blessed to be able to, you know, do the do the things that I do and, and, and live the life that I live and that there's an end goal and that what I'm trying to do is is, is important not for my, only for myself but it's also important for the people that I'm looking to you know affect with my work awesome and um, so you know you, you had mentioned it earlier you know your book is called Make Love Your Religion and mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to know you know what made you kind of come up with with the title, Make Love Your Religion, and um, do you feel like, uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned to me today that it changed over time, so can you kind of tell mm-hmm. the thought process between your first title and the title that you came up with now? Right, so the, the very first title was, I'm David, Christianity is Goliath, Why Love is More Important Than Religion. Um, and like I said a few minutes ago, that was really just like, okay, this is what I think about Christianity being very specific. This has been my experience. This is how I've noticed that it has divided people in my family. This is, um, you know, some of the, in my in my opinion, some of the reasons why we have some wars are being fought and different things like that as far as religion and the religion that is, you know, the dominant one here in the United States. But then after time, it... it kind of grew into something more than that, where I didn't want to alienate anyone, where I didn't want to, um, you know, stop someone who's a Christian or someone who's religious from from reading the book, but I wanted to include everyone, and I felt like I needed to put more of an emphasis on love. So um, after that first title, it went to Why Love is More Important Than Religion, and I really loved that. I still love that title, but um, compared to the new title, which is Make Love Your Religion, uh, first of all, Make Love Your Religion is a lot shorter, and Why Love is More Important Than Religion is a catchy title. It's a, a somewhat of a controversial title, uh, but it doesn't really represent me as a whole and what I'm looking to do as a writer. I think it just I, it has the potential to kind of pigeonhole me. Um, if I, you know, put out this this book with this uh, controversial title, it may kind of pigeonhole me into being this. Uh, 
controversial writer and i am controversial when i need to be but i don't necessarily need to be controversial all the time so i wanted to switch it to make love your religion because i feel like it it there's more continuity with the the title and with the content and i think it better represents who i am and, and represents my brand a little bit better I love how you're very honest and open with your thought process and all the perspectives you took. I mean, it really shows that you you really are putting a lot into this book. So I, I'm pretty sure the quality itself is going to speak for it. Speak for it when you do release it. Um, okay. One of the one of the hats you wear is you're also a speaker. Could you kind of tell us a time like you actually went to an event and you really felt like your words um, basically fell true with the audience in attendance? And then can you tell us like how you felt afterwards? Oh, yeah, it actually just happened recently at the end of September. Uh, one of the ways that I'm promoting the book is I've created a, a college series where I go out to colleges and I, it's a, depending on what, which uh, package the college purchases. But uh, in particular, uh, this college that purchased it at the end of September, they purchased a two, two workshop package. So what happens is I go while well, I went at the end of September, I introduced the students to the book. And then I did a one workshop with the students. Uh, when the book is released at the end of December, those students will get a copy of the book. They'll have a chance to read it. And then I'll come back at the end of the spring semester to do a follow-up. Um, and we'll go over some of the things that they'll, they've learned in the book. And the book also has a workbook component. So we'll be able to look at some of those things that the students wrote down while they were reading the book. Um, but I say all that to say that when I got the survey results back for that first initial workshop that I did, I believe 100% of the students... Um, said that they got something out of the event. 100% of the students said that they would recommend it for um, another student to attend. And the, the a lot of the, the written results that I got were, were great as well. Like people wrote down that they, some of the comments included that they um, realized that they have to put love of self first and they figured out kind of what their passion was and what they wanted to do with their life based off of my workshop. So whenever I hear like things like that, it's that's always uh, a pat on the back, and it's like uh, a battery in my back to keep on going and doing the things that I'm doing. Especially when it, you know, when I might be low on money or when I might be, um, you know, going through some hard times as an entrepreneur. So whenever I get like good feedback like that, it kind of just makes me realize why I do what I do. I agree, man. Feedback is one of the, the best things that uh, entrepreneur. Uh, I know with the podcast, we always look for the feedback. So it's definitely mm. a blessing when you get it, especially when it comes from people that that don't know you. So um, definitely keep doing your thing. And uh, you talked about um, you know marketing the book and doing it, doing like a college tour. So what's that process like as far as setting up, like uh, speaking to teachers or speaking to college professors? How do you get a college to purchase your book and make it part of their curriculum? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so basically, what I found a lot of times, and, and people say this a lot, it may sound cliche, but it's, it's who you know. So it's about creating and, and making those relationships with people at different universities or just making relationships with, you know, the people you um, encounter on a regular basis because you never know how you might be able to help them or they might be able to help you. So a lot of times it's just who you know at the different colleges. Um, I have a good relationship with the director of the Multicultural Center at Kutztown University. So she was able, she was the first one to um, purchase my book package. Uh, 
But besides that, it's really just, you know, figuring out what colleges you want to target, um, coming up with a nice proposal, setting up your Excel sheet to make sure that you um, are keeping track of when you're emailing these colleges, and then you can follow up with the phone call. You want to write down who you spoke to and things like that, and really just keep at it. That's all the advice right there. See, I like how you, you gave a little manageable stuff that people can do and definitely can take a, a note of. So I want to I want to kind of dive into your your writing process. I, I know you can't give away too much because every every writer knows the sacred process and all, but I love you could kind of tell us like what is your writing process and how do you prepare yourself mentally to get into writing a book mode? I mean, a lot of our audience, you know, that's when they're just want to write a book, but it, a lot of people are like, how do I start? What do you know? What do I even do? So could you kind of shed some light on what's your technique? Uh, sure. So sometimes I'll be very honest. Sometimes I feel like I have a technique and sometimes I feel <laughs> like I do not have a technique, you know? So sometimes it's, it's me just writing when I'm in the mood to write, when I want to have something to say. And sometimes I'm not in the space to write on a book on the type of book that, um, that I'm writing because I'm writing um, a book is self-help and it's also slash memoir. So I have to make sure that I'm in a good space and that I'm able to, um, you know, kind of be a vessel to pour into this book that I hope hopefully help other people. So some days I'm, I'm honestly not in the mood to write though. And I have to um, make sure that I meditate or make sure that I read something that might inspire me to do it. Um, I know I do my best writing in the morning when I can get up and, uh, you know, do my yoga, do my meditation, and then and start my day by, you know, with a clear mind. But then there's also some times where I stay up to 2, 3 in the morning and, and write sometimes. So for me, it's really just about inspiration and whenever that inspiration hits. So I don't really know if that's that's helpful to those uh, people out there looking for a technique. Hey, man, you, like I said, give them a glimpse. You don't give them the whole show. You give them a glimpse, all right? They, they got to put together themselves, and you kind of put them on the starter path, right? Yeah, and I think it's individual. I think everybody, um, not to sound too dramatic, but I definitely th th think that, you know, writing is an art form. So it's like, you know, a painter, a painter is going to, how how he or she paints and the way that they do that is going to be very indiv individualistic to them. So I think, um, you know, it's it's kind of individual depending on what works for each writer. I agree, man, definitely. And uh, speaking about the book, you know, you, you listed out the chapters earlier. One of the chapters mm -hmm. that, really stood out to me because it kind of separates itself from the rest is um, love of celebrity life. So I kind of wanted mm -hmm. to definitely get more uh, on what a, what that chapter is about and, and why you chose that topic out of all the different topics that you have. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's always one that I think people kind of like, well, what do you mean? I don't want to be a celebrity. Um, but yeah, being a uh, love of celebrity life is about it's actually fame. It's not about you know trying to be like a celebrity, but it's more about the daily um, the day to day activities that that celebrities take part in. You know, they're doing what they love, whether it's an actress or a singer. That's something that they love to do. So it's about doing what you love to do and, and, and putting and having a standard for, for the things that you want in your life. You know, celebrities can get on a plane and travel whenever they want to travel. They eat the most nutritious, um, organic food. They work out at the best places. So whatever, not saying that we all have to aspire to do that, but we should all be living abundantly according to our own um, determination of what abundance is for us. So that's really what the uh, Love of Celebrity Life chapter is about, is that we can all set our own standards, set our own goals. They should not be defined by, you know, how much we make per hour, but they could be defined by how we're using our passion. And, and if we work hard, we can we can definitely live an abundant life um, 
using those talents and using those passions. So that's what the Love of Celebrity Life chapter is about. Going off that, one of the things I wanted to ask, like you said, is you do a lot of hats to make sure that you don't have to have to work a nine to five. Could you mm-hmm. kind of tell the audience, if you may, like I said, don't don't reveal too much, but what has kind of been your motivation other than, I guess, like to, to not work to 95 to really live your lifestyle? Because obviously it's a tough lifestyle. Yes, you alluded to there's, there's going to be ups, there's downs, and you really want to not be working a regular job. So like mm-hmm. our audience members that want to start their own thing and, and, and want to become, they, they know it's going to be tough, but could you kind of just emphasize like what really keeps you going and pushes you? Obviously, when it be a lot easier just to say, you know what, I'm just going to take the L and go work in this corporate America. I think it's just remembering what my why is, why I'm doing this. And, and I firmly believe that my mission in life is to help as many people as possible and to use my, my, my writing talent. So I, I don't really feel like I have any other choice but to use this talent that I was giving and to put myself in a position to help as many people as possible. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, helping a lot of people, you can definitely do, you can definitely help a lot of people without a lot of money but um most times it's a lot easier to help a lot of people when you have a lot of money in the united states so i'm looking toward um just fulfilling my mission of helping the most people as possible and just using my god-given talent because i like i said earlier i feel very blessed that i have this talent and not everyone knows what talent that they ha- what talent they have or what talent they should be using at different times in their lives. So I'm just trying to help um, people figure that out and, and just be an example of how um, I'm using my talent to, you know, live life for my own terms, so to speak. Yeah, I, I agree, man. That's kind of what everybody should be going for is uh, living their life on their own terms because you never really know, you know, our job or whatever we do as our passion takes up the majority of our time. So, you know, why not Mm -hmm. live out your passion like you're doing? So I definitely agree with your movement, for sure. Well, thanks. Most definitely. And then, um, you know, one of the uh, themes of the book, like you said, is is love. You know, it's in in all the titles of your chapters. Um, It's the title of the book. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, my question is, you know, what made you kind of center the book around love? I mean, it, there's a lot of things going on in the world that kind of grab other people's attention. So what made you choose love as the centerpiece of the book? Right. I think when I was first, um, when I first decided to write a book like this, it was because, well, some of the reason was because that conversations that myself and my brother and my cousin used to have just about religion, because at one time, uh, we we noticed that there were some people that there were people in our family that were um, some of them were saved and as, as far as being Christians and some of them were not and we noticed that there was a division that existed with that and we also just noticed that some of the things in the Bible and some of the things that were being told if I'm being very you know if I'm be- being very blunt and honest um, you know a white Jesus and and different things that we noticed when we were you know in our early 20s, you know, some of these things weren't adding up. So we were kind of uh, curious to see, you know, well, why are some of these things this way? And, and, and what really are all the major religions saying? And one of the things that we found is that love is at the core of all the major religions, whether you're following Jesus or uh, Buddha, or, you know, whether you're 
um, whatever religion or whatever, you know, um, belief system you have at the core of all of those is love. So that's what I really wanted to focus on. And that's how I kind of came up with the idea for the book. I mean, that just sounds like money. I really like how you stuck with your your, your idea and your theme and you, you, you make sure you could ride around and evolve in everything you're doing when it comes to the book, Make Love Your Religion. So, sadly, we have come to the famous part of Educators Experience, the famous Educators of Two Piece, where we're going to do something different for you. We're going to actually give you your first little question. We're going to kind of uh, put it in as the last two questions of the interview. We're going to give you a little two-part question for before we give you to the final question so the first part of the question is could you tell the audience when the book is coming out and how can they get it and then follow up with how they can connect with you okay cool so i don't have the exact date for the book yet but it should be out at the end of december so look out for it then and you can keep up uh with the stat the status of the book and just everything that i'm doing on my facebook page for the book so if you search facebook.com backslash make love your religion the book page will pop up i also have a scared of a day job facebook page so if you type in scared of a day job that should pop pop up as well and you can find me on Twitter at Scared of a Day Job without the O and Job. You can find me on Instagram at Scared of a Day Job without the O and Job as well. Or you can uh, feel free to email me at David at Scared of a Day Job or check out my website at scaredofadayjob.com. That was a mouthful. <laughs> it was, but you had it down, though. And, and that's interesting because December is usually a cold month, but you're trying to heat it up with the book drop. But then, so I, I like the technique there. I, yes. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I also like the options. People, please follow, connect with this man. He's a great man. He's definitely living that lifestyle that a lot of people claim they want, but he's actually doing it. And, of course, the last question, no pressure, just the last thing our audience is going to hear from you today. What's what that? is some parting words of wisdom? Some parting words of wisdom. I would say to follow your plan A, uh, don't worry about plan B because plan B will take you away from plan A. Do what you love, love what you do, be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. Even if you are working as a janitor or as, or as a sales clerk while you are um, trying to build your business, when you get out of work at the end of the night, be the best janitor that you can, be the best sales clerk that you can because you never know what type of opportunities come uh, from you doing your absolute best. So keep your, you know, your eyes on the prize and just keep going for whatever it is that you want to do with your life and just never give up. Just keep going, make little steps every day, organize, be disciplined, but also be patient with yourself. Boom. 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 And you know, just, just for the fun of it, just for the fun of it. <laughs> message at the door man you gotta you gotta pick up david you have been great we appreciate you coming on to the show today you've really been electric and you really showcase a lot of why you are you and why you're great and we really hope that when the book comes out you come back on you can sit and tell us about all your other endeavors but overall we're just thankful to have you man oh well thanks a lot i appreciate you guys and thanks for having me on your show as well i had a good time And there you have it, folks. That was David Nazario dropping gems on us. Emilio, what'd you think, man? I thought it was great, man. He came on here and he definitely delivered. I mean, I think it's dope that he has never worked like a traditional full-time job, a nine-to-five, as he says. So you really have to see the passion and admire it because there's a lot of people who want to get past that life of working for 
for the for the for the man or someone else as they say and he's done it and to be where he's at and i you know he kind of alluded to his age where he's in the 30s so that's just like crazy to know that he's gone this long without doing it like salutes to him bravo to him and i i I love what he's trying to up the bar more and more especially with this book drop and so kudos man they really broke it down and showed us a a new way to hustle as they as we should say yeah he's been working on this project for like six years he said so it's kind of crazy that uh you spent all that time working on the project put all your life into it and it's finally going to come out so i'm sure it's going to be amazing when he sets up the college tour uh he gets to share his life work with everybody and to see the results of the final product so um definitely amazing that he's able to put that all together yeah, man, December, like I said, December gonna be a hot month because of him, and that's dope, and, you know, we're not, we haven't even, no, you haven't even discussed the aspect of him being a, a music manager, a speaker, like, the man got his hands a lot of cookie jars, it's, it's insane, but enough of that, we're gonna tell you how you get into that cookie jar that you all wanna get into, which is how you, yes, you, can reach us. Educate Hustle, we feel a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word, Educate Hustle. There you post behind the scenes videos, snaps, and inspirational things that get you motivated throughout the week. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There you post photos, captions, and if you're lucky, Paul will curate some content to keep you motivated as we go throughout the week as well. And of course, if you want the latest update on newest episodes, do not hesitate to check there. Now, if you want to follow and like the Educate Hustle experience on Facebook, it's easy to do. All you got to do is search Educate Hustle, two words. You'll see that page that you know you've landed on the right one because you'll see the logo that you guys all know and, of course, love. Now, let me take a break from that plugging to go back into some initial plugging. So, you can also rate and review our show on iTunes. It's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to the Apple Podcast app. You click it. It's a purple thing, whether it's on the iPhone or iPad. Once you click that app, search Educate Hustle. That's two words, Educate Hustle. Select our show page, scroll down, it'll say write a review. You want to be able to make sure that you not only give us a title, but also five stars. We repeat five stars. Then you know you have to write the review itself, whether it's, it's lit or something long, deep and meaningful as it's still lit. Either way, we appreciate all the reviews. Please get our reviews up because it helps get our awareness up, which in turn gets our guests up, which in turn gets our episode ups, which in turn gets your enjoyment up. So if you have not already, please rate and review us on iTunes. Now get back into my initial plugging if you have not please follow us on twitter it's really easy to do all you gotta do is follow educator underscore hustle once again that's educator underscore hustle dare to do daily interactions tweets and of course we try and give you information about not only our guests this week but things to expect and come for in the future that's one of the best ways to also reach us because it goes right to our phone and then last but not least if you like educator hustle and you want to Basically, tell us how we're doing. Want to give us feedback, or you want to be on an episode, be a guest, or collab, or just let us know what you really feeling like that day. Do not hesitate to email us at educatorspodcast at gmail dot com. Once again, that is educatorspodcast at gmail dot com. Yes, sir. Well, you know you got to lead us out, bro. Lead us out. People, 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 let David be an inspiration to you to go out and chase your dreams and find your passions. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, but he never let that stop him. He's been grinding since graduating college on his own time, his own diamond being his own boss. He's living that life that they told you that you'd be foolish to live. You'd be stupid to live, that you couldn't live, but he's doing it. And I think 
the greatest lesson that you can learn from someone like him is that if you go out there and you face those fears and you follow your dreams, you too can end up in such a position. And you know what? I think it really matters a lot to him to know that at the end of the day, it's on his shoulders whether he fails or whether he makes it. And really, isn't that the isn't that what y'all want? Isn't that the best advantage in life to know that no one's in control of your faith but you yourself? So let's all strive to be like David and get a little bit more control in this thing we call life. And as always. You got to stay educated and keep hustling.